Happy Definitely Not Monday, folks, and welcome back to another mini-review of Disney Plus's original series, Loki, uh, now streaming on Disney Plus. Obviously, uh, this mini-review is brought to you by the Politipop Podcast, the podcast where we read between the lines of our favorite pop culture media and discuss the social and political themes within, and I'm your co-host, Mike Booch. These mini-reviews are going to be a little bit different from our standard episodes, uh, episodes, whatever, I won't even edit it, episodes. Uh, so if you're used to those, which are much more dense and they deal with pop culture and the social and political themes within, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, listen to those, which are usually put out every Friday. Uh, however, these mini reviews are a little more light, a little, little shorter, and, uh, they're also done with both of the hosts being completely separate from one another. So I don't know any of Ty's thoughts on this episode and Ty does not know any of mine, but let's get into them while we're at it. So uh, this episode of Loki was the the, the third episode. I uh, don't remember the title right now, but it's uh, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World, in which Loki and Sylvie have to survive the destruction of Lamentis One after being uh, transported there uh, after a fight, uh, which took place when Loki and Sylvie were fighting to get to the Timekeepers. Loki says he wants to... Wants to, you know, uh, have an audience with the timekeepers and overthrow them. Sylvie says she wants to tear the whole thing down. So let's see where this goes. Uh, it's definitely an interesting dynamic because it, I'm still trying to get over the fact that, like, within the past 48 hours, maybe the past week at the most, like, Loki was still murdering people in New York City with 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 reckless abandon. So. Like, I get that he saw all of the events of, of his future unfold, but I don't know. It's, I, it wouldn't take more. I feel like it would take more than that to kind of, like, turn him to be this guy who always makes the right decisions, uh, never kills any people while he's fighting them, which happens a lot in this episode. Like, he seems to be very, very altruistic, and it's it's just a little weird to me. And same thing with Sylvie, right? Like, once we get past the fact that they're both on Lamentis 1, we get this nice buddy cop, which is cute and all, but it's just weird to see, like, she was literally lighting people on fire, slitting people's throats and stabbing them, Yeah, you know... Why do we... All of a sudden, she's like, oh, but I had a good reason to do it. And she wouldn't even tell us what the reason was. We really don't know. Uh, you know, we find out that the TVA is actually using variants uh, for its its its, uh, its force. So that is interesting. Um, you know, there's definitely, like, a lot of cool and cute stuff. And, and obviously, we have some great acting on screen. You know, everyone's doing their best. Uh, but... But yeah, it, it just seems like it's too soon for these characters to be as good as they are. I, at, at least for me. And by that I mean like as altruistic as they are. They can be, you know, good and, and complex characters. Uh, we have uh, the confirmation of Loki's bisexuality, which is a really weird thing. I mentioned maybe last time how like Loki's gender shouldn't really be like included under ours because we're humans and Loki is a frost giant. I just think it's a little bit disingenuous and kind of detracts from individuals who actually do fall along, you know, let's say it's uh, gender fluidity or bisexuality uh, within within that community, within the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, 
you know, but we had this dropped line where Sylvie says, I imagine you've had your fair share of uh, princesses and princes, and he's like, a bit of both. Uh, so, so we confirmed it. But, like, also, I don't know, they just, I think the problem is that they keep everything so human-centric, right? Like, Loki's a frost giant, but he still looks like Tom Hiddleston. Like, every, you know, everybody on Lamentus 1 is humanoid. Like, everybody has to be a human. So I think people are kind of limited here. Um. You know, if not in what they're able to do writing-wise, at least in, you know, their their thinking. Uh, We had that whole, what is love? Love is a dagger, blah, blah, blah. That was, I mean, they admitted it was ridiculous. Uh, um, You know, I was kind of getting a vibe like Loki was going to bang Loki here. Like Loki and Sylvie were going to get it on. I don't know. Um... There's an interesting Titanic storyline happening as everyone's trying to get off of Lamentus 1 in the arc and only the wealthy are the ones who are able to get on. And, uh, and of course, they end up trying to get onto the arc Loki and Sylvie because uh, that's the only way to charge this temp pad, which is, you know, their portal out of out of there, or their portal through space and time to get out of, out of this apocalypse. Uh, you know, one of many that was programmed into the temp pad. The weird part for me was that it was the end of the world and everybody was taking their time. Uh, you know, Loki and Sylvie had plenty of time to chill, take a nap. Uh, you know, we see that Sylvie said she doesn't trust anybody and she's not going to uh, sleep in front of Loki. And then literally the camera cuts and she's sleeping. I just feel like they're throwing out these characters to do fun things that that we would like or at least they would like to see them do. Or, uh, but, like, you know... I, they're they're not really sticking to any sort of consistency regarding their values or their personalities. Uh, you know, one minute Sylvie's a, a bloodthirsty killer, and then the next minute she's you know she's uh, along with Loki, right? Uh, you know, fighting these people and not and not actually killing them. I will say at the beginning of the of the episode, by the way, she had some really good fight scenes. Sylvie Sylvie has good fight scenes in general. I I, I definitely enjoy her. I'm interested to see what they do with her. Um, you know, one thing I would, I would have really liked, you know, that by the end of the episode, of course, we see that nobody's able to get off of the arc. Um, well, no one's able to get off of the planet, even if they're on the arc, because, uh, Lamentis is destroyed by this, this falling planet. And uh, that was really cool, by the way. I love that imagery. You could tell the whole thing was green screen. Most of the episode was green screen in the last one, too. But they really make the most of it. You know, I, I don't think they're pulling punches on their, on their... On their effects, I thought the you know the purple uh, you know hues they were throwing out there were cool. I loved you know seeing the meteorites in the background and seeing more and more like more and more of the of Lamentus getting destroyed as as uh you know the the meteorites fall fall onto there and you know crush crush the moon ultimately. I think it was either a planet crushing a moon or a moon crushing a planet. Either way, uh, you know the. It, it, it's weird because of, you know, the COVID of it all. Like, you can tell in this series, especially the the episodes two and three, that that this is, like, these COVID shoots are as minimalist as possible. You have two people talking in one room, and then those two people talking in a hallway while they walk, and then those two people in another room talking. Like, that's really the majority of what this is. And it, it takes me a while to to notice it. And so so that's so that's good. It shows that, you know, they're really putting something on screen that I'm paying attention to and and that I'm following the story more than what I think the production was like. Uh I I I would have really loved to have seen 
the reason why nobody makes it off Lamentis be Loki and Sylvie. Like, I would have liked to to have seen, like, oh, these people would have made it off had Loki and Sylvie not taken the not taken the power source and used it to charge charge their temp pad. Or you could have had a storyline in which, you know, they, after being kicked off the train, or, you know, the train going to the Ark, you know, they're doing a whole Snowpiercer thing too. After they're kicked off, maybe they could have, you know, they could have helped the, the common folk, the people, rise up because they were complaining about it and take the Ark back. And then at the end, you had this choice. Are they going to help the common people make it off or not? Do they then decide that they will make it off because, you know, the entire the sacred timeline has been bombed anyway? So what's one more Nexus event? What's one more branch? Or, you know, do they end up deciding, yeah, nobody makes it off of here because we were the ones who originally destroyed the Ark? Sorry. You know, I think that would have been pretty cool. Like, let's see people make tough decisions. They're villains, aren't they? I want to see them be villains. Let's, you know, let me let me see them earn their herohood, as it were. Uh, but I think that's everything I have to say about the episode. I'm going to hand it on over to Ty, who's going to give you his thoughts on this episode. Hey, this is Ty from the Plato Pop Podcast reviewing Loki Episode 3, Lamentus. So this uh, episode kind of felt a little bit like filler to me. Um, I enjoyed it, don't get me wrong, I'm actually really enjoying the series, I kind of like the fun, cosmic, sci-fi stuff we got going on, it's a nice break from from Falcon and Winter Soldier, but uh, I do think the format in general for Marvel shows um, just doesn't work as well as the movies, I think the movies are a little more clear and concise in their two, two and a half hour runtime, where the shows have a little bit more time to kind of drag things out. Um, and some of this episode felt a little dragged out to me. But that being said, I did enjoy it overall. You know, it's just fun spending time with Loki. Again, Tom Hiddleston just kills it every time. Um, we get some really fun reveals here. We find out that the female Loki uh, is actually named Sylvie. Um, and for my comic book fans out there, they might know uh, her, her nickname uh, would be the Enchantress in the comics. So I don't know what direction they're going to go in the show. Of course, the MCU has done some curveballs on us before, such as the Mandarin and Iron Man 3. So whether she'll actually be the Enchantress or an actual Loki uh, from another universe, I'm not sure yet. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they, they do kind of do a little twist here. Um, and her interactions with our Loki, Tom Hiddleston, is great, right? They, they have some really good chemistry. I've seen people even shipping them online. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that one, but, you know, it was fun seeing them interact. There's that scene where Loki gets drunk in the bar, and it's, it's, it's very hilarious. They have very different magic. They have very different uh, lifestyles. You know, Loki very much loved his mother, right? You know, Thor's mother that, that raised him. Uh, whereas Sylvie says she doesn't really remember her mother. She died when she was very young, so she doesn't have the same memories. Um, we get to see Sylvie kind of be a badass. She attacks, you know, uh, a bunch of agents. She goes right to their headquarters. You know, we see her really coming after uh, these, as she calls them, these fascists who are controlling the time stream. So she obviously has some plan, and she's uh, taking it right to them. And Loki kind of intervenes and, and causes them by using the tempad to go to Lamentus 1, which is um, on in 2077, I believe, which is the, the day and year that it's going to be destroyed by, I think, uh, some meteors collapsing on it or a moon, something along those lines, and uh, it's the end of, end of this world, and they have to find a way off, but uh, the Tempad has no power, so they go on this epic journey, and, you know, eventually um, the Tempad gets destroyed, 
and they have to find another way to get off. So, you know, they, they come up with this plan to, um, you know, jump onto this escape vessel, this arc that in, in the actual time stream never makes it off the planet, gets destroyed. But Loki says, listen, we get on there, we get this off the planet, we change the time stream, and we survive. Unfortunately, they're unsuccessful and the arc is destroyed at the end. Now, I think it is possible that this is none of this is actually happening and that Sylvie is messing with Loki's mind. Um, again, it could be, right? We've seen them go to different apocalypses before, travel through the time stream. Totally possible. Could all be happening. But I also don't trust Sylvie. She's definitely uh, shady, you know, just as Loki is. Um, and we know that her power is to control people's minds. We've seen the very beginning her uh, dealing with that agent that she captured and putting her into this fake universe built from her memories. So I don't think it's impossible to think that this could be all part of her plan to manipulate Loki and get some information that she's looking for. Uh, but, you know, regardless, I'm having a really good time seeing their, their fun interactions. You know, uh, we have three more episodes, so we'll find out, I'm sure, next week. Uh, whether or not they're actually on this planet, and if so, how they get off, or if this is all part of Sylvie's plan. Um, but I'm curious to see you know, where, where this goes. Uh, the other really big reveal we get is that um, everyone in the TVA is a variant, like Loki. They are all variants from Earth that have been taken um, and given false memories. And that is why Mobius was so obsessed with uh, jet skis and you know, those little little references that they had. But uh, Sylvie explains that they're all variants and that none of them actually even realize this. So, you know, her idea of this being a fascist, you know, group, it's probably more and more likely, you know, there's some insidious thing going on at the TVA. And, and now we know, uh, you know, from her perspective, at least, that they really are truly bad. And, and they're, they're manipulating all these variants and taking these people and forcing them into this position with false memories. So... You know, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we're going to get some reveals in the next few episodes about this. Uh, so, you know, one thing that's cool about the show is, you know, it could go any direction. I really don't know. I think that's what's so fun about it. You know, Falcon and Winter Soldier, you kind of had a lot of guesses. Uh, even WandaVision, I, I really feel like this show can do anything um, without really disrupting much. They can go through time, go to different apocalypses, introduce different characters. So, you know, it's it's uh, there's no not a lot of rules. So it's kind of fun to not know what to expect. Um, the other little quick note I wanted to make is, you know, there's a there's a quick part. They, they don't really go into it much, but we've heard a lot about how Loki's gender fluid and a member of the LGBTQ uh, plus community. But, you know, they haven't really gone much into this in the movies before. So there's a moment where he's talking to Sylvie um, and he's asked whether he's had dealings with princesses or a prince. And he replies, a bit of both. I suspect the same as you, which she agrees with, which I guess is to confirm that these are the LGBTQ characters. Uh that we finally get in the MCU. So, you know, if that is it, that's kind of disappointing. I hope they go into it more and I hope uh, they actually do the right thing and, and, and not just make this, uh, you know, a quick one-off or mention it. Kind of like uh, J.K. Rowling with Dumbledore, how, either, you know, they really never went into it in all the Harry Potter books until after the books were over. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I really hope that they, they actually go into this more and, and make this canon. But again, I'm looking forward to see what happens. I get some really fun stuff. I think the visuals on this show are incredible. The production value is definitely on par with the film. Um, the action's great. So I really, I don't have any complaints other than, you know, uh, I, I think, you know, maybe it could have worked as a movie, but I, I guess we'll see. I mean, the next three episodes will be like incredible and blow me away. And 
I will totally change my mind on that one. But uh, looking forward to seeing what direction they go and uh, finding out some some pretty big twists about Sylvie and the TVA. So again, tune in next week. We'll be reviewing Loki episode four, and uh, I think we're all pretty excited about it. Thanks. And with those incredibly intelligent words of wisdom from the one and only Sage Ty himself, of which every word I definitely heard at this point and agreed with <laughs> before recording the outro to this episode. Uh, but uh, but yeah, now that we're done with that, we are ready to sign off, folks. Uh, you can find us all over social media. Just search up the Politipop podcast. Uh, if you like this episode, tune in every Friday where uh, we do much more dense episodes revolving around pop culture. Uh, this this Friday, which is supposed to be last, but it's this one, is um, is going to be another housekeeping episode where Ty and myself just discuss things that are going on and give our thoughts on them. Uh, in the meantime, in between time, we'll see you next week.